of Aleph, we will be starting paragraph Hey, just to bring us back to where we were at as we see different ideas and have to unpack them on their own so that we could put them back together. It's, uh, it's helpful just to regain our momentum, which we try to do. So this is one of uh, uh, several tiras that are going through, five tiras. Uh, one of them is Perak Bays, uh, is Tyra Bays actually. Uh, but over here we're going through each tira a different piece, a different line passage from Safar Ditsniusa. Over here it's from Pirka Rivia'a, from the fourth Perak. Atik Tamir Vesasim. And the Torah started off quoting a Pasuk Baloischas Haneros El Mupne Hamenaira Yairu Shiva Saneros. When you raise up the candles, the seven candles will shine El Pne El Mupne Hamenaira. They will shine towards the face of the Menaira. And Rashi said, that the flame shall rise up on its own. So sometimes, especially, you get into these ideas, terms, the terms of art, like they, they don't necessarily translate, so we're going to do our best. Uh, anyway, Perak Aleph, uh, or Paragraph Aleph, rather, explained to us the idea that there's two different types of seichel, there's two different types of way, intellectually, that we relate to information. The first one is Aide Hakdamais Rabbi, so you called it Beshem Achar. It's a type of seichel that we uh, that we relate to within our understanding, based on Hakdamis. It could be that you'll lead to a conclusion that you didn't have before, I, I know A, I know B, even though C seems to be contradictory. However, D, we can reconcile it. Therefore, E, we come out with a new chiddush, right? You can have Taisvis that's comparing uh, different Gemaras, and then he comes out with a different Chakira. If we understand this, uh, we can make it work. This happens in life, and uh, different, entire also, different ways of being Madame Madam Milsa La Milsa. That's one type of understanding. A second type of understanding is where there's no hakdamas, it's shefel loiki, we're going to see ruach hakodesh, b'shem kedem, b'shem panim. So the contrast is between seichel panim for now and seichel achar. Seichel panim, something that we're receiving almost directly from hakodesh baruch Hu, from the rebonish lolam as it were, and it's it's almost, there, it creates a friction, there's a rush, it's not something that we achieved step by step. But rather it's something that hit us. Now the two seichels go together, because if I have an idea setting aside for a second how I got that idea, but now, once I am able to relate to it, I, I'm, I can associate it into my knowledge base, I can associate it into my toolbox, into things that I have. Also, once I have that idea, if I want to transmit it to a Talmud, I want to give it over to the next generation, so the way that I am able to give that over is going to have to be take it apart, so maybe a certain complexity piece by piece, and I'm only going to use the first type of Seichel in order to give it over. So there's these two different types of Seichel. Now, in par- par- paragraph Aleph, we said that this this rushing seichel, it's not piece by piece, but it's almost, it it, it, it hits me, that's going to generate like in uh, in our world, something where there's a lot of motion. It will generate a certain type of uh, friction, a certain type of heat, and in our language, that's going to be a slavas halev, a shalheves halev oile tamid me'eleha, this type of a an idea, a relationship with a with the seichel panim is going to have an emotional response. So something that's, let's say, more subtle, it's piece by piece, I'm going to understand it, but it won't necessarily generate this emotional response. Something that comes to me by way of shefeleki, by way of ruach HaKadosh, it will generate an emotional response, which ultimately can take on a, uh, a, a life of its own. We'll see if it's nurtured. We'll have to see exactly how we approach this. They shall heves halev oile tamid me'eleha that once, once it's lit, then it's go, the, the flame will rise up on its own. Now, 
how when when a person encounters ideas that are not piece by piece, it's something that started out from outside of uh, outside of where a person is holding. So we, we have to understand that there's different ways of relating to information, right? So going back for a second, there are things that I understand that are totally within my knowledge base and I have a relationship with them. There are things that I don't understand yet, but I do understand what they are. So if a kid understands, let's say, addition, subtraction, and then you tell him multiplication, he doesn't understand it yet. And yet, he, he you know, the person can see, well, if there's, uh, you know, three plus three is six, okay, plus three is nine understand plus three is 12 understand then you tell them well three times four is 12 how did you get there right so there are things that a person doesn't relate to he sees that it's true uh he can have a relationship with that information but he hasn't drawn that bridge yet and then there are going to be certain things that are just totally outside of one's realm of understanding uh let's say this and it can go on there's makifin and then makifin of makifin they're surrounding a person they're outside so it might be algebra and then there's going to be uh you know advanced mathematics you know, and then there's there are going to be things that are totally out of there. Now, depending what type of information, you know, at best, the person just has no shaykhus with it, doesn't understand it. At worst, if you introduce uh, an idea to somebody who's not ready to handle it, it, it could actually be very damaging and disastrous. If you introduce certain ideas to, let's say, um, a young person who's not mature enough to be able to understand what they are. A first impression is a lasting impression, and uh, and you might want to introduce something in one way and at one stage, right? And at what at one place in time and emotional or intellectual readiness, rather than have the person try to uh, understand the idea where he can't understand the idea, so he plugs it into his or her own terms, and then it becomes a distortion. Then you have to unwind it. So there's different potential problems problems with understanding and trying to approach something where it's not within you know one or two units above where one is but it's totally it's totally divorced from that so how is it that a person we we can't generate this ruach aliki this the chef aliki this ruach akaidish how is it that a person uh, approaches if it's not going to be step by step how does a person approach and get a relationship with or create some sort of a readiness make himself into a kli and make this bridge so that he can get the makif and get the chef eliki get this ruach hakodesh so we said now it, it actually becomes we're gonna to have to see how the rebbe approaches it that we, we we started talking about the shiva neirais the uh where is it shekadesh is piv chatmo enav aznav the 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 seven neiros are going to be the two eyes two nostrils the two ears and the mouth and each one of these things we related to a certain element of being uh, of being makadish oneself. So if you look in paragraph base, it goes through it. Says Yishmar Atzmi Sheker Mipiv. Staying away from falsehood would be the mouth. Yira uh, Shemayim he related to Chaisem. Emunas Chachamim he related to Udnin to the ears. Yatsev Einov Meiros Bara and protecting one's eyes from seeing Ra would be the eyes. Uh, and this will be to come. Now, this this really works in both ways. By the way, a person is makadish oneself. The the uh, a person is makadish all of one senses. The way that he relates to the world, the way that he relates to information, right? The way that I two people can hear or see the same thing and see something very different based on 
different biases that they have, different taivas that they have, different things that they're focused uh, that, that they're focused on. Now, this actually, on one hand, a person can be makadesh the shivaneris, as it were, making themselves ready as they, uh, you know, subtly trim or makadesh themselves, separate themselves from where they were before, right? Kaidesh. Hektish, uh, Kadesha, the idea of, of Kadosh is uh, something that's, you know, but perfect, but separate, uh, creating a Shlemus and separating one from where one is. But on the other hand, as a person also then receives Shefeleki, that will also... Uh, that, that will also have an impact, uh, presumably, on the Shevaneros, meaning that, let's say, a person is besuffic. Uh, so when they see something, they're not sure what it is. If you introduce a particular type of information, the next time that they see that thing, then actually they will hear it incredibly clearly. A person who doesn't have, or doesn't have as much as they could, when they hear something, they might say, oh, that's what the person thinks. It's not necessarily transmission. It's not necessarily Torah Misinai. Now, when they work on Amunas HaChamim, the next time that they hear something from one of the G'daylem, they see something uh, in a Sefer, they read a piece of Gemara, they're going to hear something different, something that's a profoundly different piece of information. So this process presumably creates a fraught flywheel, but for now, in the text, we said that paragraph B says, how does one make himself into a Kli and prepare for this iris for Shefele Ki? A person has to be Yekadesh's Piv Chatmov Einav Aznav, the Sheva Neirais. Paragraph Gimel Said, started to relate certain concepts so that we go a level deeper. So we related the Shef Eloiki, we said, is these are the Makifin. I have the Seichel, the Achar, the things that are Pnimi, the things that are within me, and then the things that are outside of me. So the Shef Eloiki related to a Bechina of Sukkah, Shesaf Sacha Beruach HaKadosh. The Sukkah, the Gemara tells us, is one of represents one of two things, either the fact that the Jews were in Sukkot in the Midbar, but the Shiva Anonea Kavayd. And we mentioned two halachas about the Schach, which is the primary uh, operative part of the Sukkah, uh, and we related that to the idea of Sukkah being representative of the Shefaloki and these Makifin. Now, paragraph Dalid, we started to go a level deeper and talk about the idea of Makifin. And we brought a paradigm, or even really the quintessential example of something that is one of these ideas we just can't understand of Yediyah and Bechira. Now, two points, and I, I think that we, uh, we, we delved into it a little bit in the last year. One, we explained that this idea of Yediyah and Bechira, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as it were, knows something, and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows is the reality, and yet at the point in time that we have Bechira, that we have free choice to choose either A or B, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu already knows that A uh, is what was done, is done, will be done. So how do we integrate those, how do we reconcile those two ideas? And we said that we can't, but uh, we said that the, the idea of Yediyah and Bechira is something that is the, sta- the status quo, or t- that is the situation in place in this world. And that discrepancy between Yediyah and Bechira, as it were, how HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows uh, what what is, and yet we have Bechira at any particular point in time, uh, even, even what's seemingly the future for us, this is what actually allows for Bechira. And once we are in the next situation where the Atara, which would be the Makifin, something that's over our heads, Tzadik and Yeshvin Vatar saying, Birasheim, that comes into our heads. We're able to, these Makifin are no longer our Makifin. 
So then there's not going to be any more Bechira, and that is a, a Malach type of existence, not it's not a human type of existence. And the fact that we have Bechira and we're able to change ourselves and through our Bechira change the world puts us in a much more powerful position, a way that we can impact the world, Tzalem much more even than a Malach. But the, the second point to make is that while we can't answer the question, what we can do is flesh out the issues that make it a question and understand that if those issues exist at a particular altitude, then the the fact that it's a contradiction doesn't mean that it's objectively a contradiction in a broader sense. What it means is that at that altitude, then it can't be reconciled. What do I mean by that? So one example would be if you had like a two-dimensional world. I think there's a book called Flatlands or something. I never read the book. I heard about the book where it was describing like a two-dimensional world. If people were literally living on the flat sheet of paper and now two things are bumping into each other, if you would introduce a third dimension, so then things that literally were bumping up against each other in a two-dimensional situation, they wouldn't exist. If you think uh, uh, understanding the world as being round instead of flat, you could understand that let say water boils at a different temperature at different altitudes. Once you introduce either a different piece of information, different background, or a different perception, perspective, a different dimension, right? The whole time-space, let's say, Einstein thing, understanding things that are beyond us, then the same idea that at one altitude, so to speak, creates a contradiction and something that's mutually exclusive, we now understand, well, that's only that's only because we also are operating at that altitude, but if you were outside the system looking in, or if you had that information, I mean, just think about many conversations you might have with a child, where you have the maturity and the life experience to understand uh, certain things that at, that, that at his uh, headspace simply can't be reconciled, how could it be that somebody who loves a person has to show an angry face and even that angry face is literally for the child's benefit and the emotion that's going on within the person is actually no different. He's just as loving when he has to give, uh, we'd rather just be able to give out, you know, lollipops all day. But the, the, the love is not actually any more or less when a person has to have one reaction than another. A kid might not be able to understand that. A mature adult, a a parent, a Rebbe can understand that. So once we understand all of the factors at our altitude that make it, that this Yediya Bechira question is a concept that can't be reconciled, and we understand that all of these factors are not really objective realities factors that have to be in place. They're just factors that are in place from our perspective. So then it's not so much that we're answering Yediya Bechira, but we understand that the question is not necessarily a question if you would not have the limitations of our world. So we said that Yediya Bechira is the example of a makif. And by the way, what a person can do is they can bridge this gap as far as they need. Uh, how can I get, how can I move forward if I have a question? So the answer at some point would be Amuna, right? That we discussed in Tyra Zion. The part of part of the answer is as we relate to parents or as we relate to any experts, whether it's a doctor or anything else, based on all of the factors that I have, it is perfectly rational to put my my, my faith, belief, however you want to term it, but my trust really in one avenue, even if there are going to be certain details that are just not compatible with where I am at right now, but everything that is compatible with where I'm at right now points in this direction, and therefore I can put my trust there. So Imuna could bridge that gap so that we can move forward, even though we 
will not be able to understand this information. For us, it's going to be a makif, and the bechira is something that is outside of this world, the, and therefore that will that that exists as a makif fundamentally. So going into paragraph, hey, we'll mention a few words by way of introduction some of which might be helpful as a background, and some of which are going to be ideas that I think we're going to have to keep on the bur- back burner as we unpack things going forward. Rav Chaim Kramer, in his note, brings from Likuti Alachas Hilchas Pidyan Petr Hamar. Rabbi Atiyah brings uh, similar similar ideas from Likuti Alachas, uh, the Halachas of Giluach. In advance of our Torah, drawing a parallel between the Kedushin, uh, which is Erisin Doraisa, marriage took place in two stages, or takes place in two stages. There's Erisin and Nesuin, uh, which we uh, call Kedushin and Chupa. The Erisin is essentially with the ring, or Hareya Mekudeshesli B'tabazu. The Gemara talks about different ways, the Allah talks about different ways that a person could be Mekadish and Isha. And then the second stage of marriage is when the husband actually takes her into his Rishos, or their B'yichud. It's a discussion at, uh, exactly at which place, whether Chupan and Chupan and Isuin are the same, at which stage they take place. But the marriage has Kedushin and Chupa, and then it's followed by... Sheva Brachas, and Be'ezus Hashem, after Sheva Brachas, it's then followed by a uh, husband and wife living together, at which, pace there's an, at which time there's going to be an Ibor, a pregnancy, and then a Holoda, and Bonim, and a continuity going to the next generation. Like we've mentioned several times in different contexts, sometimes things get confusing when you start talking about anthropomorphisms or uh, spiritual context, uh, concepts in physical terms. But the, when you take a step back and you realize that the Bria as a whole, not just the way that we see it, the Bria in terms of certain realms that are beyond anything physical, certain things that manifest and have a parallel in the physical realm, are all built uh, on different iterations and different manifestations of a certain structure. We talk about the Ramach Ibarim and the Shasagi, we talk about the idea of a sheer coma of a certain uh, of a certain structure and surasa adam. Sometimes when people talk about the spheres, they talk directionally, right, left. Our point of access to be able to talk about relationships comes w- in discussing those relationships in a context that we understand and relate to. But the the, the principle of the relationship is through throughout that structure. So I'll bring it from Rabbi Atiyah. And the note over here, he brings from Likutei Alachas, the Iker Mitzvahs Hailadas Bonim, which again is preceded by a Kedushin and a Chup and Sheva Brachas. We'll have to see, uh, we'll have to see how the, the Kedushin, it, it, I, I find a little bit, uh, need additional clarity uh, from the text. It seem, it's interesting where Kedushin relates to Chuppah. On one hand, we say that we have to be, the Kedushin is in advance of the Chuppah. We have to make ourselves receptive to even have any sort of an attachment point to the Chuppah, to the Makifin, by being Makadish the Shivaneros. We make ourselves receptive to it. On the other hand, even once we have a relationship, any sort of a shaykhus with things that are otherwise makifin, we also have to bring them in, we also have to integrate them. So we start off talking about Kedushin leading into Chuppah, but then we're going to talk about the Shiva, the Sheva Brachas, Kenega, the Shiva Neros, to actually bring them in and then be able to work them into other things, uh, other, other things in our life, maybe to be able to teach them, to be able to pass them on. So then we have to relate to them even more of an integrated personal way. Uh, so directionally, on one hand, we seem to say that the Kedushin precedes the Chuppah. On the other hand, we say, now now that the Chuppah is in place, we need the Bimakadish Shevaneris in order to uh, in, in order to take them in. So we'll have to see how we discuss that. But uh, Ravatiya brings from Likutei Alachas, Iker mitzvahs hailadaz banim hu b'shvila hamshich hamakifin hanal midar ledar. 
this process of bringing Makifin in, of ultimately having a Gilei Shechina, a Hashra's Hashchina in this world. We'll say one more th- point on that, and then we'll uh, finally go into the text itself. So the Iker point of having children is to be Mamshech Makifin. The Hasidus talks about children, the Zerah coming from the Mayach, the, introdu- the, the introduction of Mayachin into the world, the, in terms of the spheres, we have the Chachma Bina Das at the, at the earliest stages, there's even the Rutzen to have something, I have a will that something be in place, I need a place to live, uh, packed into that will, although not articulated and not defined, is going to be, where's my house is this a vacation house, is this something that needs to be close to work, uh, who's going to be living here, where should the bedrooms be, the bathrooms how should it be structured, what's the dining area going to look like and then at some point I'm going to have that Rutzen is going to have an idea the spark of an idea and then I'm going to have to play with that idea and then translate it into actual plans until that becomes an actual house until you're ready to move in this introduction of Hailadas Banim of Meichen into the world so we take the makifin and we uh, and chachma may ayin timatze. That chachma is coming really the spark of an idea. There's a hisbatlus that becomes an attachment to what comes even above us. So b'shvilz that ikra chupa vayichad shalachasna. We're going to draw a parallel to the ikra chupa and the yichud of the chasna to take the chupa which we're talking about as makifin, and that is all supposed to translate into hamshacha into something that's real, into something that's going to be able to be a recipient and a kli, and it, now it's part of our family. It creates a kli. To move on, children, Valkane, Srich, and Shivasim, and Mishta, Kenegit, Shivas, and Eros, the bridge between the Chuppah and ultimately being able to have children is going to be the Sheva Brachas, which the way the, we're, we're, we're incorporating it is to be Makadesh, the Sheva, Neros, these seven, the eyes, the ears, and so, and so forth. Shal Yodam Masigin Amakifin, so that there's an attachment point we're able to perceive, reach the Makifin, Kikol Ikra, Chasna, Vachopo, Bishwilam, Shachas, Makifin, Shem Ikra Das. And this goes into Vayeda uh, Adam, and this goes into Das and the Meichen. Now, just one, one, one more point on the idea of bringing the Shechin into the world and bringing the Makifin. There's, uh, there, there's different perspectives to, to the way that we look at our relationship with being able to facilitate and bring in and uh, the Hashra Sashkin into the world. The Balatanya, maybe more places, but I happened to see a discussion most recently in the later uh, in later end prakim. There's a difference between there's from the perspective of Akadosh Baruch Hu, there's Ein Sof, there's equally Ein Sof, there's no part of the world, if there was any part of the world that wasn't that that didn't have uh, I use the term loosely, God stuff, right? Shefa energy directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then that would not exist at all. There's no other source of energy. And therefore, in one sense, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is everywhere equally throughout it, or else there would just be zero existence. That's on one hand, It's you could say that it's totally binary. On the other hand, there's a separate issue where you talk about Giloy. There's different levels of Giloy. Even in Halacha, there's a base, there's code there's Kadashim, there's Beis HaMikdash, there's Yerushalayim, there's Three Machnes, there's a Kedusha, there's a Makam Kadosh, there's a Makam Matunaf. So in a very real, practical way, as it impacts us, and Dalad Amashel Halacha, there's different amounts, if you'll, you'll say, different levels, rather, of Giloy. 
Now, on one hand, we want to strive towards his batlas. In Hasidus, we talk about his batlas a lot. On the other hand, when we talk about Ava and Yira, if I love you, that means that there's a me and there's a you. A person can't look into a mirror and try to convince himself that he doesn't exist. If I am going to have a relationship with you by necessity, that means that there's a me and a you. On the other hand, I can adopt a certain das. If I adopt your way of thinking, so then I become, and I factor myself out of the process, I can, there's other things that I can do, I can definitively be mevatel myself so that I become an extension of you. So there's different there's different types of avoda, and the Balatanya talks about the difference between Ava and Yira, and learning Torah, and Maisa Mitzvahs, and the different chashivas of actual physical acts versus other types of things, and how they're able to bring the Shechina into the world. But the point that I want to bring is that, again, we're trying to be very careful because these discussions would require a full treatment. To the extent that HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up a world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is here, there, and everywhere, but to the extent that HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up a world in order that, uh, in, in one sense, that there should be a Gilu Yehudo Yizbarach, and the way that the world is, for whatever the reason, is that right now, there is not necessarily always a clear manifestation of Malchus. There's not necessarily a clear manifestation. Look around. Things are veiled in darkness. Not everybody looks around and is just overcome and overwhelmed by the fact that Kodesh uh, Baruch Hu and Taira is obvious and Klal Yisrael is the Iker Nation. That, that is not the, sta- the status quo that we are living in. And therefore, to the extent that Kodesh Baruch Hu's purpose is that there should be a Giloy, we have a very real avoda to introduce a giloy to affect the giloy to the extent that we can into this world to bring ashras ashkin into the world and you know so we could say well wait a second what's the difference if really that's going to be the truth so no matter what we do during this period that's going to be the ultimate truth we're all ultimately going to be able to perceive the makif and we're going to be on the status of malachim so what's the difference what we do now at some point it'll be game over and uh, it, it won't be relevant. So if I whether I moved from zero to five or zero to ten or zero to a million, at the end of the day, there's going to be clear. There's going to be clear clarity, and we're going to be at level gajillion, right? We're going to be become close to Kaddish Baruch Hu. The answer has to be for our just limited to our discussion that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is Melech Machayim Lachim and Ein Melech Beloi Am and HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world to bring certain things Mikayach HaLapayel that there should be that, uh, to give us Charva Einish etc that it, there should be the opportunity that we should bring uh, a statement, an expression of Malchus into the world, and that that, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu created this perception of Ra and that this idea of people that were veiled enough from the truth that there should be the system that we've describing as Makifin, and there is a positive, productive, real Tachlis to our Avoda to giving Hakadosh Baruch Hu Nachas. And therefore, this entire dynamic and avoda that reflects itself in halacha, reflects itself in philosophical concepts that we're talking about, affects itself in Tyre and Mitzvahs and Chup and Kedushin and the family dynamic, all of these things are literally fulfilling the tachlis for which the purpose was created and we're gaining an appreciation and a relationship with this 
dynamic and this process by which we're bringing the world with every single time we do this, every single time we move the needle, every time we're able to gain an appreciation of Makifin and bring these new things uh, into the world and bring about Gilei we're bringing about the Tachlis of the Bria, Vizeh. So now, paragraph hey, this Shefeloiki, which we're saying is a Bechina of Sukkah, it's surrounding. Bechinas Kedushin, Bechinas Chuppah, again I mentioned before that in a certain sense we're treating together Kedushin and Chuppah as one thing, the Erisin and Asuans, they of marriage, but we say that Kedushin, being Kaddish Hashem precedes access to the Makifin, but we're, we're going to go further in a second. This Shefel that is able to be bestowed on a person once he's after Kedushin, after he's Makaddish Hashem Eris, who Bechinas Kaddish. This Shefel is going to be Bechinas Ruach HaKaddish, Bechinas Makifin, Bechinas Chuppah, which is Makifin. By the way, this aligns also with something we mentioned in one of the earlier Shiurim, that even though the Shivaneris are talking about uh, places on the face, but really it's Nichlal within Shmir's Habris versus Pagama Bris, so the fact that it's also aligned with Chup and Kedushin uh, between, an, uh, between an, a man or a woman and a husband and a wife and bring children to the world in a proper way also aligns. Vizeh, it says, it says, at the end of days, every person will be singed by the chuppah of his friend. Now, the, the Messiah Sharm actually talks about this Gemara also. What does it mean to be singed? So, on one hand, we, we talk about the idea of punishment, uh, you could talk about Gehenna, whatever we want to talk about, as being burnt by Busha. Not in a way of jealousy, although jealousy burns also, but in a way when we see what we, we, we look at the, the, the reward or we look at the status, we look at the closeness that people who accomplish certain potential uh, have now received, and we relate that to ourselves. Uh, imagine even clapping a person's own self, uh, looking at a picture in your rear view mirror all the time and never getting used to it of what you actually would have looked like had you accomplished your potential and with all that that comes along with and never being able to get over that. So there's a certain just busha and regret. Now, in the context of our Taira, Rabbeinu is going to be medayik. He says, if a chuppah burns, why is it chuppah so shel chavero? A person can be burnt by their own chuppah. Ki makif shel zeh, gadol mi makif shel zeh, hu makif hu pnimi we're going to give a second interpretation from what we're about to say closer to the end of the Torah, but let's just keep it as streamlined as possible for now. If I am holding by understanding a level one and I have some sort of a relationship with a level 10, although I'm not there yet, and a level 20 or 30 and above that, it just becomes increasingly something that I, again, I either have no shayachas with or I would be damaged by by coming. It would just distort everything my, in, in terms of my regular growth process. So that's totally beyond me. Somebody else is holding above me. So they actually ha- are personally at a level 10 and their level 20 is something that is their immediate makifin and for them, something that's a level 30 or 40 is something that they would be singed by. This means that something that's one level above person A 
is actually two levels above person B, and to the extent that something is somebody's immediate makif to somebody else, that would be multiple makifin, makifin shall makifin above them, and they would get burnt by any sort of relationship with that. This that we've been talking about it comes the third stage. There's Kedushin and Chetan and then ultimately the Shiva Simei Mishta, Sha'achra Chopah, Hainu Bechina, Shiva Neris, and Nal, that these are the things that ultimately allow a person to take these Makifin and now turn to the things that were previously two levels out, one level out and relate to them and take the things that were two level out, which will now be only one level out, Shal Yodam Yikone Samakif, the Shefa Eloiki, something that was previously Chopah, is now going to become into the person's house. That's going to become the, the Sheva Brachas, and now that's now going to become the person's life going for, forward until, it's, again, it's going to be able to translate into ultimately having Bonim, this being the uh, the, the way that Likutei HaLacha said, to be Mamshech Makif in Midor Ladar, and this is Shayadim Yikonei Samakif Lifnim. Now, on the flip side, Vizah, Bechina Shivis Yimei Avelus, the flip side of this is going to also be reflected in another halacha, which on one hand we're talking about bringing, getting a person ready to bring life into the world. On the Shivim Yimei Avelus, Rachman Alitzlan, a parallel. Again, the Bria works on similar principles, and this becomes manifest at our level as it becomes, you know, differentiated in our world and how it applies to us. But the truth is, this this actually is an expression of Yichud. Rav Victor Miller says, if there was only green apples, then you would just say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a green apple machine. When things seem to be so multifaceted and you, you gain insight and realize that they're actually all expressions of the same reality, that's the ultimate statement of Yichud. So over here, Bechina Shivas Yimei Avelis, Rahman Litzlan, he mentions over here from Chaim Aran, that while he's talking about the Shivas Yimei Avelis, Rahman Litzlan, this entrance point is, uh, into the Torah uh, has to do historically with uh, Rabbi Nachman's daughter, a, a very young daughter, Fega, was being raised actually in a neighboring town by a nursemaid, or at the time she was there, and she was uh, Rahman al-Litzlan, she was uh, Nifter, and the, he was in another town, and his Talmidim were, uh, didn't tell him that piece of information, but it seemed that through Ruch HaKadosh, he Rabbeinu was able to understand that this is ha- has happened, and totally in another in another area, as he was giving this Taira, he discussed ideas that related to Avelus. So he says, "Zebachinas shivas yemei Avelus rachmanu letzlan shemis ablam alav al shenestalik nishmasai." Why seven days? That through the Mishnayas, through the Maisim Taivim that, that, that people do on behalf of the Nifter, Now, he mentions just one quick point, that even though there are seven relatives that mourn Avelis for a person, but nevertheless the Ikram Shach is through a person's children. And the parallel, similar to what we said, is when there's a chuppah and a person needs to be able to bring the makifin into uh, associated with his neshama. So the the sheva brachas are the the kiddush of the shevaneris to be able to uh, have a person bring what was previously makifin, previously chuppah into his house. So over here we said that after death, a neshama is able to reach these makifin. What's the process by which that gap can be bridged? It's going to be the Shivya Mayavelis and the mitzvahs and Maisim Tovin, Mishnai that that children learn on behalf of their on behalf of the deceased. This is going to be able to bridge that gap, that part of the process, so that the Nishama can bridge the gap and reach that Arpanim.
Now, going onwards, we will uh, take some of this a bit slow because there's a lot of information here, and some of it is uh, ideas that we're not necessarily associated with. So, to begin with, I'm going to quote a few ideas from Sefer from the Parpar's L'Chachma, Isyod. He says, Iker Adam hu ve'adas. The Iker person is their intellect. The Iker Yitzirasai ha'isa b'shvila hasig hadas ha'emes shalasagis l'lekusa yizbarach. And insofar as the Iker person, the Iker part of a person, or the Iker expression of a person is the Seichel and the Das, so now in terms of attachment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Iker person, uh, a point, I guess, of the of the Yitzira, of the Bria, is for a person to be able to attach with this Kayacha Adam, with this Kayach of the Seichel, to the ideas of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Now we already said before that a person has this two this two different facets, there's two different avenues where a person relates to Das It's talking about the creation of an Adam. One of them is is uh, nicknamed the idea that a person builds on Das that he has and goes from point A to point B to point C. He utilizes this faculty. But the other one is that a person is able, able to make himself into a Kli to accept, to relate to Das that the person didn't otherwise come to within a himself with his own kaychas, but rather utilizing the kaychas that he had, he made himself into a kli, and he was able to uh, to be a kli for Shef Aleiki directly from a Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, bring an expression of the Shekhin into the world. In other words, yeah, where a person is the Tzalem Elokim, and all of these things relate to uh, the Neshama Zalachelik Elokamimal, etc. However, the idea of being able to bring expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu directly into the world, so this is that we make ourselves into a kli, and that's going to be an expression of Seichel Panim versus Achar. So he goes on, he says, The process of getting married, which brings a person to be able to have children, to bring new uh, intellect, etc., into the world. And on the other hand, the process... Uh, and, uh, along with on the other hand, the Now we're going to learn this together. It seems, it, it seems uh, maybe it's both. The idea of talking about the the idea of leaving a hamshacha for a person's banim. First of all, we're talking about being able, in his words, First of all, the nifter himself uh, is going to be able to. Uh, access and be zoiche to our panim through himself. And the other thing is that there's going to be a hamshacha, there's going to be a shefa. This person who came into the world and he was zoiche to our panim and through leaving over a hamshacha, banim that came from him. So also there's going to be a, cont- uh, a continuity, there's going to be a continuation of bringing shefa loiki into the world. So let, let's uh, let's keep those two things in mind and see if it becomes clear uh, the primary idea of one over the other. But he goes further, he says, a person that is nifter without children, there is nobody who is going to be Isaac in the hamshacha of this of this second type of a seichel, this, the shefa loiki into the world, so the Torah gives an eitzah to have a, a continuation or a hamshacha of this neshama that leaves the world without directly leaving banim, whereas where, where his brother is going to be able to marry to do yibum to his wife within a certain process. Vazai is galgal and nifter anal v'yasuk hu ba'atzma oda pam b'zeh.
and, and we're going to go a little bit further into the Yibam process because the, then the person's brother is going to marry his wife and they're going to have, uh, they're going to be able to have a child and this is going to act as a, as a, as a hamshacha from the deceased brother, from the initial brother. Now, what happens if the brother of the uh, so Ruvain dies and Shimon has an opportunity to be miyabim uh, Ruvain's wife, so that they can have a child? And this will be acting hamshacha of Ruvain. What happens if Shimon does not want to do this? There's a process called chalitza. Part of the process is that this woman takes off the shoe and then uh, of the uh, of the brother of Shimon's shoe and then spits in his face. This idea that Ruvain in our example dies without children and he doesn't have anybody to be mamshech uh, through the Shivya Me'avelus. He doesn't have anybody to be mamshech that again using the language of the, the Parpraz Tachachma. So first of all, he doesn't have anybody to facilitate his be his being a. Uh, to, to, to be lalois, that he should be zoichet to the seichel upon him. And also, he's not leaving a hamshach of the banim himself. But he doesn't have anybody to, to engage in the shivimei avelus. Now, so where is the tikkun going to come from? So there's going to be a process called yibum. If there's no yibum, so then there's going to be a process called chalitza. Now, what is it that chalitza is accomplishing in order to bring about this tikkun? Shinemar v'yarka b'fanov, the, the Ruvain, Ruvain's widow, is going to spit in the face of Shimon, b'fanov daika, and it's going to dafka be in his face. Kizer Ruvain, her initial husband, went without any children. And he didn't leave any children to be mamshich seichel ponim in this world through their maseim toivim. So again, we're 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 still trying to clarify. On one hand, this is an idea of the maseim toivim that uh, that the descendants do during the Shivya Me'avelis, and I guess afterwards also, in order to be Mala, the neshama, this Neshama himself, to the Seichel or Panam, but also, it doesn't seem necessarily that the Hamshach is limited only uh, that this Nifter should be able to access the Seichel Panam, it also is a con- continuation, a continuity. We actually saw in a previous Torah the idea the idea that when a tzaddik is nifter, so some of that connection, the, some of the divine flow, as it were, the Torah, the chidushim that were brought into the world through that tzaddik, so then the access is lost. So it seems that there's some sort of a continuity when a person leaves children in the world that acts as a hamshacha, that some aspect of that is still in the world, uh, although it could be lost and closed off, perhaps even to the nifter himself, uh, when there's no banim. What happens over here when the brother does not want to be mamshach? The brother, the Shimon, does not want to do this uh, on behalf of the Nifter, and I guess also the world, you could say, loses out also. Uh, we're just going to quote for a second from Likutei Elachas, again, going a little bit slower, because some of this is very complex, some of it's beyond us, but Demir Tashem, we're going to get what we can out of it, and we'll get even more next time. Likutei Elachas and Halachas of Apatropis, uh, Bays Bays, says like this, that when a person leaves children, he's able to go up to to, to go into the mechitzas of the melech. So this is clearly talking about the nifter himself. Without that, he's not going to be able to have access. Whatever it is that a person was from the shefa loyki from the ruach hakodesh, etc., that to have in this world. So it's proportional be to to even more so in the next world but it's going to be linked 
Kimoichain, he's going to be. Uh, it seems that it's going to be linked uh, to what he had in this world. This this access. So as much as a person, uh, as much as a person is able to increase and get access to Shefaloki in this world, uh, we're going into Shvuas now. That a person has to that, that it should be like the Kabbalah Satira is is renewed. The more the more access that a person has to Torah and the more insight that they have, they can become continuously excited about the same thing. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with. Uh, with the altitude at which a person is operating, you know, this is just a parenthetical. Uh, I used to, I used to think that uh, many now, now there's there's so much media, but the, the many of the popular speakers, some of the popular speakers were Bali Chuva. And I remember having a hargasha. Why should this be? Because when a person is in their 20s, they're 25, they're 30, and all of a sudden they get introduced to an idea, let's say moda'ani. We wake up, we go to sleep, but we, we wake up the same way that a person is alive. They expect to be alive the next morning. They say to people, I'll see you tomorrow, right? They get up and they open their eyes. Now their life is theirs. They got up and they're refreshed. But we say, the status quo, when a person is sleeping, if nothing would change, the status quo is not that they're going to be alive. The status quo is that the neshama is a pikadon by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and therefore, if the status quo wouldn't change, then the person wouldn't wake up. A person opens their eyes before they do anything. They put their feet down. They say, That is something that is an impossible thing to relate to when a kid says it. Now, there's two ways to get there. A person has to either be able to reintroduce themselves to it as they become more mature and they have more insights, so then a person has to be able to reintroduce themselves to information that they already learned. That's very difficult. However, if you could take a person that was legitimately introduced to this later on in life and they present to it, they, they present it on their terms. So now when a person who's, let's say, grew up, Baruch Hashem, they grew up from, they hear this for the first time, they're reintroduced to things that they, all, that they always do. You know, there's a very fine balance Rav Hirsch, Rav Shemshon Fahl Hirsch talks about this, I think, in Parshish Sav. There's a, well, he talks about the Truma Sedeshen. There's a very fine balance between, on one hand, not recreating the wheel uh, every single day, right? In other words, a person can't just learn the same Pasuk every day and never go forward and learn Kul Kula and introduce to new ideas, because I'm just going to relearn, relearn, relearn what I did, because the Pasuk that I learned, Barashish Baruch Kemeshmai Vesa'aretz, when I was five years old, is not the same Pasuk that I'm learning when I'm 25 or 35 years old. On the other hand, if a person is only dealing with the Asaitis and the foundations and the ideas that they were introduced to when they were five or 10 or 15 years old, and then they move on and they never revisit that, then they're going to be building the house, and it's only going to become as strong as the foundation that was in place originally, which was perfectly appropriate when they first encountered it. But on the other hand, they're never going to be able to revisit it. So when a person, this is you know in advance of Shavuos, just a thought. When we when we say that we're going to, re, as if we receive the Torah every single day, it's similar to what we said in one of the earlier Torahs, like this Chuva and then this Chuva ala Chuva. When a person goes and reflects back, even on the very same thing from a new vantage point, it's a totally it's a totally new experience, and it's actually very uh, very exciting. It's exhilarating seeing the endless depth in something that a person related to, and then they revisit it and they see it, the it, 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 tremendous new insights and connections in something that they already had, they become reintroduced to it, it's incredibly exciting. And since we're talking about Tyra, we're talking about getting ever closer to the Ein Saif. So then there's endless opportunity to do that in this world. And in the next world also, as a person grows, leaving aside uh, leaving aside the idea of this world, the next world, that there's not going to be any more Bechira, etc. But the idea of being able to come ever closer is not just a matter of, let's say, 
being in a certain temperature or situation and becoming desensitized to the, the heat, to the pleasure. It's a matter of, of constant renew, even getting closer and closer and closer and be, being able to benefit from that. And he says over here that that is the Iker Shashua Vitaino Gavailam Haba Shashua, longer conversation for another time, but Shashua is sometimes we say play, it's a game. In other words, if a person has, what's a game? A game is not uh, fake. If a person is playing a game, there are, uh, you're, you're really, you know, rolling the dice and moving the, moving the piece around the board, but you're not, it's not like you're working in order to make Parnassa, in order to be able to buy food, in order to sustain yourself, in order to be able to do other things. When a person is playing a game, there aren't any external implications other than enjoying and relishing the game itself. This becomes the point. Once a person is learning Tyra and a person is going to be Zaycha Mershem Ta'ilam Haba, so that becomes the Tainug in the process itself, coming close to a Kaddish Baruch Hu itself. Uh, in this world, we don't even, uh, we're, we're prevented from appreciating the full force of that. Every word of Torah, the, the Nitzchis, and every word of Torah that we learn, otherwise, either we would be just like, you know, burnt up or we wouldn't be able to handle it or there would be no Bechira, but in the next world, we're going to be Zoha to the revelation of of the tyrant of getting close to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And he continues on over here in Likutei Alachas, V'yalkein ha'yidei she'yiniach ben, she'zeh b'china she'hem she'chaseel v'amorach me'av ben. This idea of leaving uh, of leaving a son, uh, I'm not sure if it's children or son specifically, but okay, if we're talking at least in the context of Tyra, it would be uh, ben is mitzvah v'ais in Tyra. And if we're talking in the context of mitzvahs, uh, presumably any children. So he says, That there's a hamshachav. We said that the Iker person is seichel. So we, we say, we, we mentioned earlier that we, we say that the uh, the children come from the moyach of the father. So when there's a hamshachah from the seichel, from the moyach, from the father to the ben, so then, then that... Uh, the, there, that's going to be realized, and then the father will be able to be also to additional makifin in Eilam Abba, v'yalkeinah of zoycha lalos b'Eilam Abba, y'day sheniach achrav banam daika, aval kashayin zoycha chas v'shom laniach banam, yevshel olalois, me'achr shloi zoycha b'Eilam hazeh laharbos lahagdal adash, b'shviel z'abala Eilam. So, like I said before, this really seems to Entertain both. On one end, it's saying that because this original the, the person Ruvain didn't leave children, he's not going to be zeicha to lalos to additional makifin. He's going to lose out on certain benefits, so to speak, certain tanugim, certain shashua, certain access to things he would have had in Eilam haba. And on the other hand, he says also that the world loses out because he says Part of his being magdil das, it seems, you know, we could suggest is not just what he understood and what. He he had access to and made himself into a, a kli kibble for for seichel panim and for shefa uh, loiki while he was in the world, but also by leaving children. So then he's creating additional receptacles for that, and there's also going to be additional antennas, so to speak, for this shefa loiki that he's leaving in the world. Because that is bechina of banim. So on one hand, we could talk about that a banim is like a bechina that a person has ideas, but also when a person leaves banim, so that's also innovating. It's bringing the shechina into the world is bringing makom to, for the Shekhinah to be manifest. So the focus definitely is 
on what this person will have access to, but part of that ties into the das that he's bringing into the world. And that das that he's bringing into the world is going to be uh, on the part of the banim that he's leaving over, and that calls the hamsh- that 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 is is essentially a hamshacha of the das into this world, so that it you know it's the difference between. Uh, between drawing a pipeline to the Shefa Eloiki that goes through him, and therefore he's still you know in line and can proceed, or if the, that line is cut off, so now uh, he is going to, it's cutting off the flow, even though he did turn himself into a receptacle while he was in this world, it cuts off the divine flow, so to speak, of Shefa Eloiki, because the, the line ends with him, and ultimately the world loses out, and he's also going to uh, lose out, because it seems that that Shefa Eloiki stops, and he'll no longer have access to the Makifan. There's obviously a lot going on, but I think that the exposure to the ideas, and as we continue through and continue with this Taira, uh, then we will understand it better as well. So all these things are going to tie into each other. So now if we go back into the text... He says, so this person, this brother, again, now this Ruven's widow is going to spit in the face of Shimon, because this brother did not want to be Mamshech, the Nesham of the world, in order to be Mesachim, the Arpanim. Again, on one hand, it's on behalf of the mace, so the mace is losing, the nifter is losing out. On the other hand, we could say also that it's plugging up a hamshacha of the world, as it were, so to speak, keviyachal. The, the shechina is, suffers, the shechina is going to be in gullus, because the HaKadosh Baruch Hu is keviyachal, ready, willing, and able to give. HaKadosh Baruch Hu set up a world where the only thing that we can, so to speak, give HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we want to bring Kavayit HaKadosh Baruch Hu into the world, bring the Shekhinah into the world, is that we make ourselves into a Klis to fulfill HaKadosh Baruch Hu's purpose in the world. So now, if what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, what can we give HaKadosh Baruch Hu Nachas that we could at least facilitate, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us the Bechira, Hamshacha, of Shefa Loiki into the world, and we close that off, so then that's, first of all, the, the Shimon is not doing anything for Ruvain, and also, he's stopping, as it were, some of the Shefaloki coming to the world. Why? Uh, so he says, Now he brings very interesting from the Sefer Zayar Rakia discusses in Parshish Mishpatim. says, Many times the spit actually, we're going to quote, uh, so it seems that literally the, uh, the 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 spittle which the widow is pushing is spitting into the face of the potential yavam actually has some form of the the face of the nifter in it, which we're going to see in a second. Something interesting beyond me, but let's read the words. This is specifically the face of the nifter. Why? Because this spit is coming because of the chisarn of our Panim, the 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 front, the face of the into the world, and through this roik, this yavam is embarrassed. 
all of this is going to tie into the uh, the story with Miriam uh, and Maisha. But what we're going to see, it's going to be addressed later in the Torah that there is a certain tikkun, even though really the the, the tikkun, the hamshacha, the bring the arpanim to the world, is number one through a person leaving children. Number two, if if he's unable to, unfortunately, then uh, they, he, there's going to be through yibum. And if not, it's not just a matter of embarrassing the person. There's going to be some steps towards tikkun actually through this reich, through this being embarrassed. He mentions over here uh, in from later on that when a person is pregnant, so then the blood, so to speak, turns into the milk, the red turns into white. When a person is embarrassed, also the red turns into white, the blood drains from one's face. Okay, we'll get to it. It's hard enough as it is. The Iker Abusha, who him, the Iker Busha is also in the face when a person gets embarrassed. Because of the Pagam, what happened? That this brother, Shimon, didn't want to be Makaim, the, 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 the brother, and therefore caused a, sh- a shutting off of the stoppage or of the flow of Arpanim, and therefore that's why this person is going to be embarrassed in his face with the reich of the spitting in his face now, uh, okay, so now he brings over here, in the, in the note Rabbi Atiyah brings, he says, I'm just going to read from the Lushan that he has over here, that really the, this spitting into the Shimon's face, into the Yavim's face, is coming as an embarrassment to him to punish him. That what happens is, is that this spittle from the widow of the mace brings out the neshama of the mace in order to affect a tikkun in a different way. Which is going to be able to affect them. What in the world does this mean? So he brings over here the the parpas chachma to explain. He brings the arizal in the sefer zayrakia, and he brings like this. So again, we're just going to bear with it and be introduced to ideas that we might not have known before. And with that, uh, we can't necessarily understand. So, but, but, okay. He says, the, with the beer Rishayna, when the husband and wife are together, then there's some element of the Ruach that goes from the husband into the wife. And this, even after he's nifter, this element of Ruach of the husband remains by the wife. And this woman, she now has, there's no outlet. In other words, that's a very frustrating thing to have a kayach where there can't, there, there can't be any outlet. So she, this woman now has the ruach of the husband with her that can't find itself some sort of a productive hamshacha. And it says over here that it's, it's, there's an unsettling. She doesn't want that this ruach should be stuck by her. Further, the Arizal says Betame Mitzvis in Parshas Kiseitze when he's re- discussing the Eureka, the spittle of Chalitza. Marries a woman, and there's literally a chalik of the man by the wife. When a person spits, a person spits, and as if some of the ruach may be in the form of the breath, but we already saw that this, that the spittle maybe looks like the mace. There's some of the ruach that goes out from the person who's spitting. 
What's the Indian? He says, "V'yarka b'fanav sha'oyse ruach shabayla shahaya b'pirish menali de'oyse chalitza rakika." That the ruach of the husband that's by the wife that that now is so to speak inside the wife. The woman didn't have children. She she was there was no yibum, so she wasn't able to have children either from Ruvain originally or even from Ruvain's brother. That would be hamshacha to Ruvain. So now this this ruach has nowhere to go. So it comes out with the spittle. Ad kan l'shono. So he, the Paparaz L'chachma says that therefore this spittle is going to be in the form of a Leda and this is going to affect in some form the uh, the Tikkun. Now it's a little bit of a cliffhanger. I'm going to leave off in the middle over here because I don't think that there's going to be enough time to fully flesh out some of the ideas that we're seeing now and to do them any sort of justice to the extent that we can. Uh, however, uh, I think that th- this is enough to just, I mean, we're, we're touching on some of the IMEC of... Uh, of really our role in the world of relating to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, of understanding how we can get closer to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, you bring the, the Kvayt Hashem, bring the Shekhinah into the world. And we see the cycle, nobody lives forever, however we are charged with, um, and Zaychatu, uh, to have Hamshacha of HaKaddish Baruch Hu in the world, and the process as this relates to the the reproductive process, the marriage process, and the, the human experience in the world, both in terms of Nisuin and and Leda, and also in terms of Avelis, and we see that the cycle of life really is not just, uh, it's not just self-contained, but when we take this entire process and we relate back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so then we are Be'etzem, number one, relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a very personal way, and bringing to fruition, fulfilling, bringing out our potential, uh, ultimately in this world and in the next, but also bringing the world, bring out the Kayach, bring from Mikayach HaLapayel from the world, the drawing a Hamshacha, where it's going to be built, uh, each, each person is going to build, you're going to have one generation, bring children to the next generation, and you're going to have a continuous Hamshacha, uh, constantly in certain ways, I guess you could say that there's a Rita Sadairais, but on the other hand, we're also able to build and bring in uh, new revelations of a Kaddish Baruch Hu into the world, utilizing Bechira appropriately, and uh, hopefully a Mer uh, the Kaychas Ra also increased. But moving towards the uh, the Geula, the Gilu of Yehudai Yisbarach Shemo, hopefully it should come here of Yemenu. And uh, okay, we're moving into Shvuas. We'll, we're going to stop over here and uh, Bezus Hashem uh, move forward afterwards.